This is a recording made in the chapel of the open book at the dinner hour meeting under the covering title of the finished work and we are for the time being concentrating our attention upon the Acts of the Apostles and its place in the developing of that great work that is yet to be finished. We were looking at the day of Pentecost. We learned that there were Jews only, <laughs> Jews out of every nation under heaven. There wasn't a single Gentile there except he may have been a proselyte. And we asked the question, where do we, sinners of the Gentiles, having no descent from Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, being defined in the New Testament as aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise and having no hope without God in the world, where do we come in? Surely that's a question you should say to me and I should say to you, it's worth canvassing. So, I ask your uh, attention, while we look at the Acts of the Apostles now, in these brief moments, the Acts of the Apostles as a whole, well, you say 28 chapters, what are we going to do with it? Well, it so happens that God has threaded the 28 chapters upon us, as, as it were, a thread, and he's given us a little sort of key word. On this um, blackboard that you have in front of you, and those of you who are listening in the tape recording, you can easily do this with a sheet of paper. At the beginning, at one side of the sheet of paper on the blackboard, I've got chapters 3 and 4. Chapters 3 and 4. And salvation sent to the Jew. In the middle of the book, of the board, we have chapter 13. Salvation sent, Jew and Gentile. At the end, the last chapter 28, salvation sent to the Gentile. Now, is that a fiction, or is it a fact? If it's a fact, I pass it on to you, and if it's in your Bible, your responsibility begins now to take heed to it. So shall we, without further ado, make sure of these features. Chapter 3 of the Acts of the Apostles records a miracle. And miracles are called signs. It was not merely an act of compassion, this was a miracle that was an active parable. It was something that was going to be done to exhibit to the people of Israel what was moving. So, for the moment, we'll have to just turn to chapter 4 to get the explanation. We'll come back to this again if we want details later. Chapter 4, verse 9. If we this day be examined of the good deed done unto the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, you see, now that's a question we're asking, so we're going to get the answer. Be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, uh, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. <clears throat> now the point that I want you to remember is this, that the word whole in verse uh, 9, the, verse, the word whole is the Greek word for salvation. The, 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 the verb S-O-Z-O. And the word saved in verse 12 is the same word, whereby we must be saved. And the word salvation in verse 12, the word salvation is the thought that 
This is the healing of this people. I don't mean physical healing. Not for the moment. Let us see what the Apostle says again, because the way he's worded it. Verse 12, neither is there the healing. You see, he's pointing to the impotent man, who has just been healed. And he says, you're all of a doodah over there as to what happened to him and why he's been raised. But he said, oh, forget him for a moment and think of yourself as a people. Neither is there the healing, that's the word salvation, in any other, and the the is there. Well, I cannot stop on that for a moment because I want to get the other word in. Chapter 3, to go back on our story. After the actual miracle has taken place, the Apostle Peter draws his inferences and his exhortation starting with verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord and he shall send Jesus Christ which before was preached unto you whom the heavens must receive until the times of restitution of all things which God hath spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. You remember in chapter 1 they came to him and said, Lord, wilt thou at this time, uh, that is verse uh, five, uh, 6, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? He didn't rebuke them and say, now don't talk about the kingdom, talk about the church. <laughs> he simply said, it's not for you to know the times. Now it's given a note here, that if this people would only repent, that was the key thought when he preached the gospel of the kingdom in Matthew. When John the Baptist preached the gospel of the kingdom in Matthew, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this people refused their king and put him on a cross with a very title over his head. Now they were sent to, to Jerusalem and it reminds them, you crucified him, but God has given you the second opportunity. Repent ye therefore, verse, uh, verse 19. And then he, he says um, at the end of the chapter, verse 25. Ye are the children of the prophets. I'm just asking you, is that a definition concerning anyone in this room now? Are you the children of the prophets? Or are you poor, outside, alienated Gentiles, having no covenant relationship with God at all? You try to answer that if you haven't got the answer already in your hearts. But these people understood what he meant. He said, ye are the children of the prophets, and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, well, God made no covenant with my fathers. In fact, I don't know who my fathers were. I don't know whether you do. I don't know how far you go back in your pedigree. It doesn't matter. There's no indication that God ever entered into a covenant with your fathers or mine. This is a specific people. Uh, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Now then, unto you first, God having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you, in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Unto you first. You remember the writing of, of the epistle of the Romans? The gospel was preached to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Unto you first. So the day of Pentecost wasn't the calling of the Gentile. It was giving the children of Israel an opportunity to enter into their covenant relationship and become a kingdom on the earth through which all the Gentiles would be blessed. Did it take place? You know it didn't. They had the opportunity, and they resented it, and they turned away. Well, now we'll go to the middle section, chapter 13. Chapter 13. If I have to hurry over these things, friends, you know that it's merely because we've got limited time, 
and I'm hoping that you have ease interest enough to follow without too much distress. Now, it's the Apostle Paul, not Peter, speaking now. We must go back and, con- and consider his conversion and commission presently. The Apostle Paul now takes over in the Acts of the Apostles. Peter goes out after this practically. He comes on the scene in chapter 15 and then he's heard no more in the Acts of the Apostles. The Apostle Paul takes the whole thing over, or God takes it over. Now, he stands up in this synagogue, goes through the history of the people of Israel, and now he says in verse 26, focusing the attention upon this particular expression, Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, so he's still speaking to Jews. Paul was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. And he says, men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham. But, he adds this, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. You know the two words? Now, is this in scripture or is it my idea? It's in scripture. It looks as though it's there on purpose. So now we have Jew and Gentile together being invited to repent and believe. And that they were Gentiles, you can see, by looking at the end of this chapter, where we have um, verse um, 46, Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first, picking it up again from the third chapter, first have been spoken to you. But seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. So here in Acts 13, the movement is beginning. He's turning to the Gentiles and the people of Israel are gradually going off the scene. He doesn't leave them. Oh no, you've only got to turn the pages and find in the succeeding chapters that he goes to the synagogue of Thessalonica, he goes to the synagogue here, but in the 19th chapter the synagogue witness ends and Paul is on the verge of becoming a prisoner. And that's another important feature. So will you come to the last chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, the 28th chapter, where we once more get these key words. Salvation sent. The Apostle Paul was very, very concerned to meet the saints of the church at Rome. But when you read this 28th chapter, you discover, verse 17, it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together. Instead of going to the church at Rome and seeing all the brethren there, he still went to his old ancient people. This is the very last opportunity that Israel got until they look upon him whom they pierced that they will do one day in perhaps the very near future. I don't know. But here is the last opportunity they have to hear this invitation. It came to pass that after three days Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they were come together he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I have done nothing committed nothing against the people or the customs of our fathers, yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem unto the hands of the Romans. And because of time, verse 20, for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. So right to the last chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, the hope of Israel was possible. But the hope of Israel ceases at the end of Acts 28 and is not picked up again until the second coming of Christ. This is, is critical. So they appoint him a day, if you look at verse um, uh, 23, and when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses 
and out of the prophets from morning till evening. We do look at the last two verses. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house. You see, they appointed him a day and they came to his lodging. Here we have two years now occupied in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God, but not a word about Jesus, not a word about Moses. You see, this is scripture I'm asking you to notice. I didn't write the Acts of the Apostles, friends. Neither did you. This is written for our guidance, if we'll only believe these are words indicated and dictated by the Spirit of God. So there's an omission. It's very, very rare that Paul calls our Saviour Jesus. Mostly he gives them his full title, the Lord Jesus Christ. But when he was speaking to the Jews, it was Jesus, out of the law of Moses. And now this new ministry is the Lord Jesus Christ. And why doesn't he quote Moses? Why doesn't he quote the Old Testament? When he says, I'm the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, and God in that capacity has revealed to me the mystery, which was hid in God and never opened up until this people proved to be non-repentant. And now the salvation of God. So we're going to get the words sent again in verse, um, we'll look at verse um, 26 now. Go unto this people, saying, Hear ye shall, and in hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. Seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For the heart of this people is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes are they closed. Lest I should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and I should, and should be converted, and I should, here's the word coming back again, heal them. See, neither is there the healing in any other. Here's this play upon the word healing, which is the word for salvation in the original. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God, that's what we're after, isn't it, is sent unto the Gentiles, and that they will hear it. Now that's where we come in, friends. We do not come in the Acts of the Apostles at Pentecost. We do not come in the Acts of the Apostles at Acts 13. We come in at the Acts of the Apostles when all hope seemed to be shut down and then God revealed the fact that he wasn't taken by surprise. So we sang a hymn at the beginning of this uh, meeting and that hymn is the Charter of the Church of the Present Dispensation chosen in him before the foundation of the world before Abraham was mentioned, before Isaac was known, but kept a secret, so that when the God of this world had put a spoke in the wheel of God's purpose, and apparently felt, if I can stop Israel repenting, I'll stop the Lord's work, then God revealed he was the only wise God, and takes these folk, any of them, from, from the evil one down to his emissaries, in their own craftiness. You'll sympathise with me having to rush through these things, and I sympathise with you having to sit through them. But if you'll give me permission, week by week, just to take step by step, I hope that this word of God will be built up in front of your eyes, so that it will not be listening to somebody's opinions about it, but you'll be have to sit down and face this fact. Either I believe what God says, or I better not go to those meetings. For there's something going to happen to me if I believe all this, because it's so contrary to so many things that we are taught, either by preachers, or by books, or by meetings, or by singing hymns, we're criticising nobody by name. We're only saying, may God give us grace to see when our eyes are opened and conscience is to say, if that's what God says, let me stand there. For after all, that is the position which means triumph and blessing now and glory in the future, undimmed 
by unfaithfulness. 